In today's first reading, the prophet Jeremiah, who is a very young man, is frustrated with God. And he's sort of yelling at God in today's first reading. He's saying to God, you duped me, you tricked me into becoming a prophet, and now everybody hates me. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. You duped me, O Lord. I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me, and you triumphed. All the day, I am an object of laughter. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I must cry out violence, and outrage is my message. The word of the Lord has brought me derision and reproach all the day. I say to myself, I will not mention him. I will speak in his name no more. But then it becomes like fire burning in my heart, imprisoned in my bones. I grow weary holding it in. I cannot endure it. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing should ever happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are not thinking as God does, but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. Teresa of Avila, the great saint and great doctor of the church, once got so frustrated with the Lord that she said, Lord, if you treat all your friends this way, no wonder you have so few. In today's readings, we see two people, two holy people, two saints, Jeremiah and Peter, who probably feel the same way that Teresa of Avila felt. Lord, if you treat all your friends this way, no wonder you have so few. We have Peter, who thought he was doing right. He asked the, the Lord, Lord, you, you can't do that. You can't go and have yourself crucified. You're to be the Christ. You're to, to rise in your kingdom. You're to revolt against the Romans and lead us to a new political kingdom. 
And Jesus says what? Get behind me, Satan. He scolds Peter. Peter must have thought, Lord, if you treat all your friends this way, no wonder you have so few. Jeremiah seems to be saying the same thing in the first reading. Poor Jeremiah was just an adolescent boy when God called him to be a prophet. And when he did so, when God called him to be a prophet, Jeremiah said this, he said, Lord, I'm too young. I'm too young, I don't know what to say. I'm too young, I'm just a kid. And the Lord said, don't worry about it. I'll give you the words that you need to say. And so Jeremiah said yes. He prophesies against his own people. And of course they turn on him and they give him a terrible time. They mock him and scorn him, they beat him, they put him in prison. And so in today's first reading, we see that anguish. We see him scolding God. You duped me, O Lord, you tricked me. And I let myself be duped. I'd like to say that these examples of, of getting frustrated with God, of, of God being kind of hard on us and, 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 and us having a dispute with God, I'd like to say that those are few and far between, but the truth is it's quite common. It's quite common in the spiritual life. When I think about Jeremiah saying, you duped me into something, Lord. You duped me and you tricked me into doing something that I wasn't planning on doing. I didn't sign up for this. I, I think about, for example, years ago, 20 years ago, when I wrote this little piece and I was meaning to write just some essays and, and then it ended up in the hands of a publisher and the publisher offered me to turn it into a book. And I said, okay, that sounds like fun. Famous last words. Oh, it sounds like fun. Okay, I'll do that. And I start writing this book 20 years ago. Well, I found out why very few people write books. It's extremely hard to write a book. It was a terrible pain to write the book. It, it was extremely difficult. And it went on and on and on. It dragged on and on. And I, I thought I would get it done by this time. And I just lost each deadline. Each deadline came and I, I didn't get there. And, and I... I finally went away for a weekend in this, in this little house by myself and I said, by the end of this weekend, I'm gonna finish it no matter what. And, and the night before I was to leave that house, I thought I was finished and I, and I thought of one more place. There's a, just a hole in one spot in the manuscript that needed repair and that I needed to add this thing. And I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated. And I was so ready to chunk the whole thing, but I felt like the Lord was harassing me. Like the Lord was pushing me, saying, no, you have to do this. Keep going. Even when I didn't want to do it. I got the book done. And guess what? A few years later, I find myself writing a second book. I can't believe this. You duped me, O oh Lord. How is it that I'm, now I'm, I'm back into this 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 pit of having to, to do a whole nother one. And I never signed up for this. No one ever asked me to write a book. It was just my own, my own uh, inspiration. And that book, uh, the, the original title, the working title was Dear God, I'm Moody. And the idea was that you look up the mood and it gives you advice on how to deal with that mood. So the working title was Dear God, I'm Moody. But by the end of the process, I was calling it, Dear God, Write Your Own Darn Book. Because I was so tired of it. I was so tired of it, but I felt like the Lord was harassing me, pushing me. 
So I felt like Jeremiah, I felt like Teresa of Avila, I felt like Peter, if you treat all your friends this way, no wonder you have so few. I have a great friend, a Jesuit, whom I love to death. He's a very holy man and an extremely effective Jesuit. He's been just a wonderful, faithful apostle all these years and, and, a, and a model and inspiration for me. He has a sort of rough relationship with he and his Lord. He's very prayerful. I think he's very holy. But he has that kind of relationship we're talking about here that kind of rubs. It's not sweet and gentle. And one time Jesus was asking him to do something in his prayer. He was saying, I, I want you to go and do this in your ministry. And, and, and my friend said, but Lord, I, I, I'm afraid to do that. I, I don't think I can do that. I'm too afraid. And he heard the Lord say to him, I'm not aware that I asked you how you felt about it. Go and do it. And he went and did it. There's this wonderful woman. Her name is Nadia Boltz Weber. She, is a, she was an addict, a drug addict, and a comedian. And then she went through a conversion, and she was able to recover from her addiction. She became a Lutheran pastor, and she's a famous Lutheran pastor. She, wrote, she founded a Lutheran church called the Church of All Sinners and Saints. She's very famous now, but she still has that comedic spirit about her. And she too has this relationship, this kind of rub relationship with the Lord. And she was being interviewed uh, in, uh, by NPR once, and the NPR uh, interviewer said, uh, what do you do to get closer to God? How do you personally get closer to God? And she laughed and she said, closer to God? Are you kidding me? I don't want to get closer to God. Every time I get closer to God, he asks me to do something I don't want to do. So what's going on here? Well, I think we sometimes have this misconception. Misconception that, that if we become followers of Christ, then it's all going to be smooth sailing after this. It's all going to be, all of our problems are going to, go away, that our problems are caused because uh, we're not in sync with Christ. And that might be true, but after we convert, after we say yes to Jesus, after we commit our lives in a more deep way to the Lord, then it's not all problems are solved because the Lord's going to ask us to do some very difficult things. You don't get a warm blanket as, as, a, as a reward for saying yes to Jesus and saying yes to the call of discipleship. No, it's a difficult call sometimes. Sometimes the Lord asks us to do very difficult things. I think the Lord is completely interested in our everlasting happiness and our everlasting comfort, but he's not that, not as interested in our short-term happiness. And, and he's willing to give up our short-term happiness if it leads to everlasting happiness to, for you or for the world. Once Jesus in John's gospel says, you, I am the vine and you are the branches. And the father, the father will prune the branches. The father will cut off all of the parts of the branches that are dead. And the good branches he's going to prune. Well, if I'm the branch and God's going to cut off parts of me and prune other parts of me, that sounds really painful. And it is. It's difficult. That's what Jeremiah and Peter and, and my friend and 
Teresa of Avila, that's what we've all discovered, that pruning, this pruning is difficult. The Lord wants to prune us. Why? Because you prune to bear great fruit. The Lord wants us to bear great fruit, but it requires pruning. Pruning shears, chopping off parts that are dead, pruning even the parts that are good. This is difficult. This is not easy. This is painful. The good news is that the Lord waits for our consent. He allows us to say yes or no to this calling, and he seems to be okay if we, if we say no. Why do I say that? Jeremiah says, you, you, you duped me, O Lord, but I let myself be duped. He knew what he was getting into, really. And Peter, before this scene where he and Jesus really have it out, two chapters before this, what happens? They're on a storm on the sea, Peter and the other disciples, not with Jesus. Terrible storm. And then Jesus comes walking on the sea. It's a horrible storm. And what does Peter say? Jesus, call me into the storm. Call me into the storm. This is the kind of man that Peter was. Jesus, call me into the storm. And so Jesus took him up on that. Not only that moment, but here that we read today. Jesus is calling Peter into the storm because Peter asked for it. Peter said yes to this pruning. Peter let himself be duped. And I'm here to tell you that Jeremiah and Teresa of Avila and Peter and myself and my Jesuit friend and this Lutheran pastor, all of us, all of us are here to witness that we have no regrets. We have no regrets to saying yes, as hard as it was, as difficult as it is, as much as we want to shake our fist at the heavens at times. We have no regrets because we will not bear abundant fruit if we don't say yes to the pruning. And I want to bear abundant fruit for the Lord. And today's gospel says that the Lord will reward us abundantly if we say yes to him. And in my own life, I've found that imminently true, that every time I've said yes to the pruning, every time I let myself be duped in the long run, it led to abundant blessings for the world and for myself as well. So I have no regrets. I think through these readings and through my homily, the Lord is asking you right there in the pew, the Lord is asking you at home on the the internet, watching online, are, are you ready? Will you say yes? Will you let yourself be duped? Will you let yourself be pruned? Will you say like Peter, call me into the storm, Lord, even if it's painful, because I know it'll bear abundant fruit for you. And I know that you will always protect me in the end and make me an instrument of salvation for the world. And so, yes, Lord, call me into the storm.